Welcome to the Top Order podcast. It's Cricket World Cup still, if you have been under a rock for a little while. We're going to be talking about England-Netherlands in match day 40 of this ICC Men's Cricket World Cup. All coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. So, Lippy, we were just saying before we came on air, you and I haven't been on uh, too often together. I certainly haven't been on, um, I think, at all with an England win. Um, so, yeah, this feels a little bit uh, a little bit weird. Um, we'll obviously get into, I think, the, the course of the, the game. I, you know, clearly, I could talk about England all day. So, um, keen to, yeah, keen to get your views on the performance last night um, in Pune. Um, yeah, England, look, I guess putting in the kind of performance I think we would have expected from them throughout the course of the uh, the tournament wasn't without its flaws, but certainly um, the scoreboard's actually a pretty good reflection of um, the way England, um, you know, do- dominated the game really with, with the bat and then took regular wickets. Um, Netherlands never really in the, the hunt, I don't think, throughout the course of the um of the what was it sort of eighty seven or so overs that we that we saw, but yeah, your your thoughts on the game? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll firstly just echo. Yeah, nice to be chatting with you this morning. Yeah, our, our schedules don't seem to have aligned throughout this World Cup, but um, yeah, very good to be on with you this morning. And I, I will take exception to to one point you made about the the, the comfortableness, I guess, of this uh, win for England. I think that uh, the margin certainly, as you said. Totally, you know, I've been up sort of saying it throughout this whole World Cup. I thought England would not not completely march through the tournament, but certainly be, uh, you know, right near the top of the table from the outset, you know, right, you know, leading and and sort of walking into the semi-finals without too much trouble. That hasn't happened, and and I guess the margin of victory certainly is one that we might have expected from England. But I would say at different points, it, it wasn't especially comfortable for England. They um, you know, Milan, we look right back at the start. Milan gets them off to a, a beautiful start, and we might talk a little bit more about him in a minute. But then, you know, they go from 133 for one, I think it was, to 192 for six. And suddenly, I'm sure all the England fans have kind of been sitting through this World Cup with gritted teeth and, and uh, you know, their hands over their eyes at various points in this tournament must have been thinking, oh, no, we're in for another sort of bad day at the office here because... Yeah, that it, it really took something from Stokes and Wokes to sort of dig them out of that hole and get them up to a respectable total. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I probably look at it a slightly different way. I think, you, you know, you just read the score out. Right? Um, you know, England did sort of um, stoop to 190-odd for six. They'd have still won with um, with 13 runs to spare, even if um, they'd have, you know, there'd have been a little bit of a cheeky hat-trick and a run out at that point. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. Regardless of yeah, regardless of that, in the context of this one game, it was a comprehensive win. Um, in the context of the tournament, clearly they've been um, yeah extremely poor. And I think um, you know a couple of individual performances, particularly with the bat, probably um, papering over some of those you know some of those cracks. We've seen almost nothing from Johnny Bairstow throughout the course of the tournament. Uh, Joe Root, I think, is averaging somewhere around sort of 15 or 16 for the tournament. Um, A couple of 50s early up. So I think he got 50s against Bangladesh and New Zealand and then nothing since. Um, This is the kind of performance we expect from Ben Stokes. Um, But again, you know, I think um, we we see really big performances from him. Um, Yeah, punctuated probably with a little bit less consistency, to be honest. Um, But then, yeah, Harry Brook has shown almost nothing and 
uh, yeah, the former Joss Butler. Um, I know is a concern for him. He, you know, he's come out and said that he wants to put that right in the West Indies in the, you know, the white ball tour that follows this World Cup. Um, so yeah, definitely, yeah, not not the kind of performance and, and, and wholehearted performance we've expected to see from England. But um, yeah, I think you know what they did was they were relatively clinical. Um, and yeah, I certainly thought Milan at the top of the order. Um, batted really, really well. Um, it was kind of just almost like a highlights package, that first sort of six or seven overs. Uh, yeah. When he got a loose ball, he put it away. Um, but yes, st- still some concerns for England. But yeah, you've got to let uh, let us have a moment in the sun's shoe. Um, yeah, otherwise we'll have to start talking about Duckworth Lewis. <laughs> oh, geez, we don't want to start talking about that again. Yeah, on, I mean, I, I think uh, to, to stay negative slightly and then I'll move to the positive. The, okay. the route... The root, the Joe Root one has has really surprised me. I think the most out of this tournament because uh, he looked in such good touch in those first two games. You know, absolutely, uh, like in that New Zealand game in particular, he looked like that only mistakes would get him out. And I guess maybe that you know that's what happened today. He was batting, you know, doing a, a decent job today, yeah. and then nutmegs himself and, and gets out. And it, it's you know. I guess it's no surprise, actually, if you go back and look, as you mentioned, Bairstow, very few runs, Butler struggled, Root has struggled. Those are, you know, possibly the three most important batters in that England lineup, and they haven't scored enough runs in this tournament. So it's probably no surprise that, you know, England's results have have gone the way they are when you actually look at those stats. On Milan, though, yeah, I I mean, that was, a, as you say, a, a great start, and I can't believe he didn't get out first ball. I don't quite know what happened there. Brilliant uh, Yorker from uh, Logan Van Bake, and then it goes under the bat and somehow goes over the stumps. I, I'm still, I'm sure I've watched that three or four times back and still can't quite figure out what's happened. But from then on, I think it was next ball boundary, next ball boundary, next ball boundary. And yeah, I think the timing is the thing that stands out for me when I watch Dava Milana. It's, it's sort of, I don't know. I, I, I know he's been world T20 number one batter in the world. And, and when I watch him, sometimes I think, I, I, how, I, he's, he's going to get out in a minute, but then he doesn't. And he just keeps hitting boundary after boundary. And yeah, like you say, it, it becomes a highlights package. And suddenly he's scoring a lot quicker than you think he might be with the way he's playing his shots. Because when he times it, it goes for four. And, you know, yeah, it, it was it was really, really classy from him. And, and to get them up to... 130-odd for one. It seemed like they were set for a, a huge score, which they obviously did end up getting. But, yeah, the the, uh, the the struggles in between there. We've talked a bit about those struggles. Do you want to elaborate a bit more on that Stokes and Wokes partnership? Because, yeah, it was very good, particularly that last 10 overs. And, and um, yeah, a few little chances for Ben Stokes mid, at mid various points in his, in his innings. But, you know, once he starts getting that leg side, those leg side shots and the power that he displays, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, well, look, I, I guess the main thing I, I want to say about that is that that is really the game plan England have, uh, have wanted to, to enact throughout the course of this tournament. It's the way that we've been playing our one-day cricket for um, not not just this cycle, really, but ever, ever since 2015, really. So kind of six or seven years of, uh, of trying to, do what we you know do what we've done here which is you know go really hard at the top um obviously the personnel's changed a little bit in that respect uh mm. we've had you know Jason Roy Alex Hales um David Milan Johnny Bear so all kind of in those in those roles but setting a platform for these guys and I, and I think 
um, allowing, you know, allowing Stokes to do what he does so well, which is, I, I think, understand the situation. Um, you know, he can look scratchy at times. Um, and then when it's, when it's time for him to explode, he, he just seems to find a gear um, that very few players have. And, we, you know, we saw a little bit of that um, last night, you know, six sixes, I think, in, in his innings. Um, and then from a, yeah, from a Chris Wokes perspective, again, he's probably, I think, a little bit underrated as a, um, certainly, you know, you'd describe him as a bowling all-rounder. Um, mm. But yeah, his quality with the bat, particularly in one day cricket, is yeah, it, it is pretty decent. He's got a Test match hundred as well, and so he's no, you know, he's no mug. Um, and yeah, he played you know a fantastic role. And again, very very similar to Milan in that he's a very very natural timer of the cricket ball, um, and you know plays pretty decent and orthodox cricket shots. There's not too much funky about um, about Chris Wokes, but uh, when he you know when he times the ball and when he gets his pull shot away. Um, it uh, yeah, certainly stays hit. So, it, it, look, as you alluded to, it was important, I think, that they put a partnership together to put, you know, a really imposing total on the board. And, um, yeah, look, you know, we've not done it too many times at the tournament. So, very, yeah, very nice to see. What the future holds for both those two, I think, is, yeah, probably the question mark after the tournament. Wokes, yeah, certainly from an age perspective, I don't think it's another one-day International World Cup. And, uh, Stokes will be off for a knee surgery in a week or so's time, um, and you, yeah, you've got to wonder, you know, with his international one-day retirement um, being reversed for this tournament, you, you would expect that that might come back into force now, um, and you know there'll be some of these younger guys that uh, get a go as we as we move forward um, into the next yeah the next little cycle. Yeah, I, I, um, we were, I was going to ask you that a bit later, and um, but now that we're here, we, we may as well ask you this before the um, before we move into the England bowling and Netherlands batting and, and things I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens with this England white ball setup because obviously we've just seen uh, the central contracts come out and you know aside from David Willey I think isn't it everyone that that I suppose was up for one has has got one does you sort of normally see with uh, 50 over cups traditionally maybe you know maybe not as much now but traditionally that was kind of the target for each side. They would work towards, you know, your four-year cycle and you're working towards the World Cup. And then after that, you start to look long-term. You start to look towards that next World Cup. And, and maybe that's when you start to blood players. And, you know, a lot has been made of this England side throughout this tournament about their ages and all of that kind of stuff. Do you think that we're going to sort of immediately see that cycle change? Or are we going to, because of the T20 World Cup set up now with you know, tournaments every year. We've got the T20 World Cup, then this Champions Trophy, which, you know, all the qualification talk that we've had in this World Cup. Do you think it's going to be immediate or is is it going to be a bit of a gradual process with all of these guys sort of slowly phasing out? Yeah, look, I, I think it's probably going to be, in, look, in my view, I think it's going to be a gradual thing because, we, as you said, we have got that T20 uh, World Cup coming up. Um, I think they'll have to look actually at the personnel that they, you know, that they might have put um, at least in, you know, solid pencil into that T20 um, squad. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of the likes of Adil Rashid, of, of Moen Ali, um, probably of Chris Wokes. Um, pretend, you know, th- there's a number of people we could probably talk about as to whether or not, you know, before this one day World Cup, they'd have almost been on the, you know, on the flight manifest for that for that T20 World Cup, I think there'll be yeah. a few that retire now. Um, 
I think what's complicated this for the ECB is that they brought forward the contract award cycle. So it wasn't due until next year. But I think with the threat of um, obviously losing uh, potentially a couple of, you know, big name players to, you know, to to multi-year franchise deals, potentially, uh, I think they wanted to do something to bring that cycle forward. Um, So, you know, they've negotiated this and, and, my understanding is it was done and dusted before the World Cup. So, you know, David Willey, for example, knew he wasn't getting one before he got on the plane to uh, to okay. India. It didn't come out in the middle of the tournament. It was announced in the middle of the tournament. And regardless of that, I think it's, you know, you, there's going to be a question mark around the timing of that and, and whether it's affected the performance for England in this World Cup. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing that falls into it is, there's a, you know, there's obviously a set of criteria for how these contracts are awarded, um, you know, and, and therefore... Some of these players, you know, deserve the contract over, you know, their performances of the last uh, the last several years. But yeah, to answer your question more, more broadly, I think we will see um, probably closer to an overhaul than we will incremental change. But I don't think they're going to throw that, you know, the throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and then I think the other component is just going to be some individual players and their decisions on what they want to do. Um, you know, again. Um, what you know, Joe Root's not really been a fixture of that T Twenty side. He's long talked about the fact that he would like to be, um, you know. But th- is this the time where he says, "Do you know what? I'm going to play Test cricket and then, you know, rake in some money from the franchise stuff and play some T Twenty franchise cricket?" Um, ben Stokes, similarly, you know, uh, how's his knee going to hold up, and what does he want to do in the in the final years of his um, his career? Um, Milan probably goes on and, and plays the T Twenty World Cup based on his form, but again. Age not on his side in the long term. I think he's thirty, yeah, thirty six. So look, I, I definitely think there'll be some significant, uh, significant change. But I also don't think, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty clear on this in my mind. Yes, we've had an absolutely shocking six weeks in India, um, but these guys haven't become terrible cricketers overnight. Um, there is an opportunity, I think, for for a core group of them to actually still play part in that. Uh, T20 World Cup defence um, and I actually think you know in hindsight if I try and put my finger on where this is all gone wrong I just think that it's a bridge too far for these guys who are playing 50 over cricket in the same fashion as they have for the last six years T20 cricket I still think that it will be up there if we can find a little bit of form and a little bit of confidence going into going into that tournament with a not dissimilar group but yeah no, it's a good summary, and I, I um, yeah, I certainly didn't know that about the contracting, sort of how that's all worked, and um, yeah, again, I, I, I think I'll, I'm sure I will fall into the same trap, and and maybe it won't be a trap, as you say, when this T20 World Cup rolls around, and that I'll look down that lineup and see Bearstow and Butler, and you know all the power in their lineup, and think, gee, you know, you know, you don't want to be facing them as an opposition side. So yeah, look, if those guys are there, I'm sure they'll give. The, the T20 World Cup a good shout. We we should talk a little bit about the Netherlands probably as we as we move through this podcast. They, I don't you know it wasn't a great start for them with with the bat, thirteen for two, and I think the the big moment for them that stands out the most is suddenly Barisi and Engelbrecht have built a partnership and they've got it to sixty seven for two and another sort of senseless run out. And I, and I think last time I was talking to Baldy about the Netherlands, he mentioned, I think, used the word unforced errors. And, and that sort of stands out to me, you know, th- 
throughout their whole tournament. They've been, I think it's been without a doubt, they've shown that they are no easy beats in this tournament. They'll, they'll be disappointed with a couple of their days out, certainly against Australia and, and probably this one when they look back at it in, in terms of the way this game kind of played out and that this, they could have been chasing a much smaller score and, and even the way they built their innings in this game. But I think the un, you know the the runouts and things will be the the key factor that they look back during this World Cup and go gee we've we've just got to tighten those things up because we're a decent side and and the the trouble is that it's made champ, Champions Trophy qualification quite difficult for them now this was a, a really important game if they'd have won they probably would have been you know in the box seat to do that now England has has sort of secured that uh, not secured it by uh, actually qualifying but you know securing it in terms of being in the pole position to actually go on and, and finish in this top eight and, and be at this champions trophy and for the Netherlands if they'd have made that that's another you know I think Dirk Nannis was talking about it on the commentary of you know that's another tournament that they would have been there that's more opportunities for sponsorship it's it, it really has much more significance for a side like the Netherlands who I think Dirk Nannis said you know they're the, their central contracts in the Netherlands are, are less than what an England player earns for one Test match. So you know, like the the difference in what things can, do, what a tournament like that can do for it for a side like the Netherlands in terms of getting more money and getting more revenue for the players is huge. And and I think they'll be they'll be upset that they they didn't put their best foot forward at, at times in this game. Yeah, look, absolutely, and I, I think for for me, um, that probably the other thing that feeds into that batting performance from from the Netherlands. Um, so we talked about the run out; that's ten for them in the tournament. So yeah, not all of them obviously would go down even in Baldy's category. I don't suppose as unforced errors, and um, there might be a good bit of fielding in there somewhere. But yeah, I don't think you can be you know, gifting you know a, a wicket or more per innings. Um, to that form of dismissal and, and, and be consistent. I also think you know they've really really struggled at the top of the um, at the top of the order throughout the course of the tournament. I think um, you know they, they started reasonably well, didn't they? Vikram Jeet Singh at the top of the order against Pakistan, um, you know, looked really really um, yeah quite quite dominating. But I think I'm right in saying that their you know their top partnership uh, from an opening perspective throughout the course of this tournament is about 15 or something like that. They've really Sounds never. Like They've never really got going. I think Max O'Dowd's got about 100 runs for the tournament, uh, top score of 40-odd, I think, in, in the loss against Afghanistan. So I, I, I think you're putting pressure on that, um, that middle order. And that, you know, that's where their performances have, have come from, from the likes of Delida, uh, Nidamaru, Scott Edwards has, you know, has put some performances in. But you, you, need your, you, know, you need your top order, I think, to be standing up and, um, and getting you into a position where you're in that sort of 20 over region and you've got 100 120 on the board and got a little bit of a um a little bit of a platform and so yeah i think that's been the yeah the issue for for the netherlands throughout the course of this tournament um um despite them showing probably quite a lot of of, of uh a chops in the middle order um at times throughout, throughout the tournament Anything else you want to mention, Bask in the England glory before we uh, quickly, I guess, probably touch on, on New Zealand, Sri Lanka, a big game tonight? No, the only thing I reflect on from it, um, Stu, watching the highlights, there was, yeah, there was a couple of dismissals that you would have probably um, enjoyed. Um, you know, I know it's number 11, but, you know, off you getting a stumping, beating the outside edge. Um, Rashid went through the gate, I think, with the wrong one again. 
um, which I think you would have uh, would have enjoyed. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I, you know, I don't think it was a a super dominant England bowling performance. It was, I would say, it was a clinical bowling performance where they just kept taking wickets throughout the course of that Netherlands reply, and it, it never really got going for um, for the Netherlands. And um, yeah, that that's why in the end it's a pretty yeah pretty comprehensive scorecard when you when you look at it. But yeah, let's look at. Um, Let's look at the forward uh, forward predictions. It's still a little bit, um, yeah, I guess to decide um, both ends of the the table. Um, we, we've obviously got the qualification for the Champions Trophy, the, the major talking point. I say that firmly, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, big game, big game tonight. New Zealand, um, Sri Lanka, uh, day nighter. So um, yeah, we'll. See whether or not, as we get a little bit later into the the tournament, the dew becomes a factor again. But yeah, what what are your thoughts leading into Bengalara this evening for for the Black Caps? Firstly, I'm just delighted that you mentioned uh, that Rashid and and Damone Ali dismissals. I, I um yeah, I'm sure v- viewers would have seen the big grin on my face that I did enjoy that that Adil Rashid one especially. Anything through the gate is uh, you know even uh, even a seamer going through the gate is. Uh, it's kind of all just just gravy for me. So yeah, absolutely love that. But yeah, the game tonight, I, very very nervous. I think from a New Zealand point of view, I um, I've heard, I keep hearing all these things about uh, rain around in Bengaluru. Obviously, the last game, you know, for New Zealand, we we scored four hundred, and then the rain came. And look, I mean, not taking anything away from Pakistan, they they played brilliantly in in that game. But you know, you just I just you just don't want DLS to get involved in all at all in this game, and and I think, you know, especially in a game like this where New Zealand, uh, on paper you look at the way these two sides have performed, and you think New Zealand will comfortably win this game, secure their spot in the semi-finals, and, and it'll all move on nice and nice and easily. But you know, we've seen New Zealand. The thing is, New Zealand has lost four in a row now. Like we've played some decent cricket during that time, but we're not getting across the line and. If these wins, if these, you know, we, this is now a quarter final essentially for us. We've got to win big. Well, we don't have to necessarily win big, but we've got to win and then sort of hope that Pakistan and Afghanistan can't do enough to get past us in the next couple of games. So, uh, I guess on the positive side, New Zealand, uh, I, th- I heard Kane Williamson say that everyone is fit or, or fit ish, he said, which was, <laughs> I guess, a reflection of of how things have gone for New Zealand on the, on the injury side of things. But I think that might see Lockie Ferguson come back into the side. And sort of as much as I thought he wouldn't be such a crucial bowler for us, he hadn't performed as well as you might have liked in the lead-up to this tournament, I think that his ability to take wickets through the middle was is something we have missed while he's been out. It's made it more challenging for, for someone like a Mitchell Santner to try and pick up wickets along the way. So... Yeah, look, I think he'll be important, and it's it'll be nice to have him back. I do think they'll probably try and bowl first if they win the toss, just because of that uh, the worry about the rain. Yeah, something I saw said sixty percent chances of thunderstorms and all, all of that stuff. But yeah. look, I think they just have to go out and try and win that game. Sri Lanka's been a complete mess during this tournament, but they do have match winners in Madhushankar and Kusil Mendes and Nasanka and and all of these players. So. We're just going to have to do the job and hope that it gets us uh, a step into that semi-finals. It's, but but definitely a lot more nerves than I had two weeks ago. Looking at, at this game and thinking, 
that'll be a nice win for New Zealand. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I, I guess, yeah, kind of looking at the, the fixture list, you don't want to be um, needing Pakistan to do you a favour. Uh, oh, sorry, needing England to do you a favour, sorry, against Pakistan. Um, because, yeah, that will be a nervous, yeah, a nervous watch, I, I would imagine. I, I, yeah, like I guess for me it is that, you know, Sri Lanka probably on form, you know, if we kind of look at their tournament um, so far, the two games, you know, they've won have been against England, who've been poor, and the Netherlands, um, who are also down the bottom. So from a form perspective, you, you know, you, you'd probably expect to beat them based on their form and, and your form. But as you said, they've got that uh, quality in the, um, in the lineup, so yeah, definitely you've got to be on your on your wits um, th- this evening. And then yes, um, we can talk about all the permutations, but I think um, at this stage of the tournament, we just let it go one game at a time, don't we? Because it'll change overnight depending on run rates and weather and all kinds of yeah, all kinds of factors as we lead um, uh, lead uh, lead in. Um, anything else from you, Lit, before we we wrap up and get off to work here in New Zealand? No, no, no. Just those nerves. Uh, yeah, hope, I'm really hoping New Zealand does the job. I do feel like we could, you know, as as a word that you hate, but I feel like they deserve to, to... I feel like they have been the fourth best side. I think they've played, you know, well enough in this tournament so far. But honestly, look, if they can't beat... If they if rain doesn't intervene and they can't beat Sri Lanka, then I don't, you know, then obviously they won't deserve to be there. So if they put their best foot forward tonight, they'll do the job. And yeah, hopefully we see it. I'd, I'd, what I'd really like to see is uh, some runs from Devin Conway and really kicking on. I think he's threatened so far he obviously performed extremely well against England but has threatened since then but it hasn't really kicked on and yeah I'd love to see a a big hundred for him sort of lead us to a victory absolutely well look we will of course be back to wrap up that game and tomorrow I'm sure you'll be on the pod in the morning bleary-eyed and and hopefully celebratory um, in your demeanour Stu Um, but for now it is Good morning, a good bless from us all here in Auckland. We'll see you next time on the Top Order Podcast uh, Cricket World Cup Review Show. See you later.